What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jazz here, and I am so digging the GeekCast Radio Network. Greetings, humans. This is Starscream, and you're listening to ToyCast. And if any of you call me a partsformer, one more time! Now, Toycast. Oh yes. Listen in to the only toy podcast you will ever need. Hello and welcome to an all new generation of Toycast as we get the origins of any and all toy fans that we can. I am of course TFG on Mike, and joining me for the first time since episode one hundred is Pecan Court Michael. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? It's going. Sometimes I wish it would stop, but it's going. We are back here at ToyCast, and it is time we started talking toys again. And as everyone has known for the past eight or nine episodes of this show, we have ToyCast Origins. 42 questions all about your toy collecting habits, likes, dislikes, all that other good stuff. Starting out, what is or was the first toy you remember having as a kid? the first toy as a kid or yes you mean oh so not just transformers just like any toy the first toy the fact that you only have a transformers collection will come up way later (laughs) all right then the first toy that i can remember i vividly remember was uh star wars i had uh an x-wing fighter with a um a han solo a han solo i'm sorry a luke skywalker and i also had a tie fighter so i could make them chase each other around the house which was fantastic <laughs> my first broken toy was a sand person from the star wars line and i was playing with my toys outside and i forgot a sand person in the driveway and my dad ran him over oh and you I mean you like, didn't lose the sand people in the sandbox like, <laughs> that no. would have been the <laughs> i don't remember if the driveway was sandy or not but it was uh it was, it was, it was definitely so <laughs> Exactly. So there was a, a lot of uh, it was heartbreaking. Honestly, I vividly remember the broken sand person. Once I, once it occurred to me what it was, I was pretty upset. Yeah, they're villains. They're no name villains. It's okay. 
Was there a particular adult who was supportive of you playing with toys as a kid? On the opposite side, was there anyone who was unsupportive? I don't think so. Um, I mean, my parents got me, like, all the Star Wars toys when I was little. And um, as I got older, you know, my mom and dad got divorced, I think, when I was, like, five or so. And then after that, you know, my mom still bought me toys, not as many toys. I wasn't, like, a completionist at, at, at age six. But, uh, yeah, I got toys up until I was probably 14. Hmm. Arguably too old for toys? I don't know. <laughs> I was told at six I was too old for toys, so, you know, it is what it is. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah, you remember that. I've told that story a million times on this on this podcast and other podcasts <laughs> on the GeekCast Radio Network. I've been Here's telling that stick, story. For, kid. You'll play with a yeah. stick. Yeah, I've been telling that story for, like, 13 years now. What types of toys were your favorites to play with? Um, wow, I I've always liked action figures, boys' toys. Uh, I went from uh, Star Wars uh, to He-Man to Transformers, and you know, just all action figures, just like boy stuff. Hmm. What were your favorite childhood toys that really stood out more than others? So were the Transformers more important than G.I. Joe, or was Mask more important than He-Man kind of thing? You know, I think each one had its own, like, era. Like, my Star Wars toys were really important to me up until I started collecting He-Man. And the funny thing is my mom would, like, sell my toys. So, (laughs) yeah, so it's like, oh, you're not playing with these Star Wars toys anymore. I'm going to sell them. Okay, cool. I've got He-Man. I'm fine. You know, and then, oh, you're not playing with these He-Man toys anymore. I'm going to sell them because now you're playing with Transformers. So I'm like, all right, fine. But I had like a huge trunk, like a steamer trunk. Like you could hide bodies in the steamer trunk and it was <laughs> full of He-Man. And she sold that for like 40 bucks. And oh, that probably <laughs> is worth like $4,000 now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I, I, I can only imagine. The Star yeah. Wars toys. Oh, I mean, remember, you know, I'm like five in 1978. So I had mm. all the toys and, and I had all those in a box, you know, all the way up through Return of the Jedi. And... She sold them, I don't know, for like 40, 50 bucks. And it's like, oh my God, if I had that box today, put that on eBay and put my kids through college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Yep. But yeah, each, each uh, you know, kind of like wave of to- new toys uh, was my favorite at the time. Transformers, though, my mom did not sell that box. <laughs> and I had it all through, all the way up through adulthood. There you go. Do you prefer the label of action figures, dolls, toys, or any other label? I think I like collectibles. You know, when I think of, like, my G1 Transformers, I think of those as collectibles more than action figures now. Because, you know, I don't play with them like I did when I was 12. Mm. Absolutely. Good guys or bad guys, which toys were your favorites to play with the most? Uh, I think I have my favorites on either side, you know, but generally I do like G.I. Joe really like bad guys, really like bad guys. But Transformers, I think I really like the good guys. Yeah, I mean, that Rodimus kid, man, he's going to be the best leader ever. 
<laughs> you know what's funny is when uh, that season of Transformers came out, that's when I was on my way out of playing with toys. <laughs> that's Oddly. so depressing. I know. I never got into like Headmasters or Target Masters. <laughs> what is or was your favorite toy vehicle or playset? Oh, my favorite. As far as like a toy goes, it's probably Metroplex. I got a Metroplex uh, for my birthday. Uh, my dad got it for me. I might have been, oh boy, how old was I? I might have been like 10, I forget. But um, no, it was later. I was almost 11 or 12. Anyway, what it come down to is I played with that damn thing all the time. <laughs> he was uh, he was almost like a carry case because you could put figures in his legs. Yep. <laughs> you know? and so I just carried him around with me under my arm. Absolutely. This kind of, I don't know, this next question is something I used to do all the time because mm. at recess at school, we would always end up bringing, like, school, when I say school, I mean, like, kindergarten through sixth grade where, you know, recess was a thing. Because by seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, you really didn't have recess. That was middle school or right. what, junior high or whatever. So basically elementary school, you know, when you were actual children. Yeah. Did you and your friends ever pretend with your toys that you had? By this, I'm meaning, did you say, I'm going to be this toy and you can be that toy? Like Steve Megatron can be the piece of glass and you can be the can of Coke or the Coke bottle top or whatever. Like, did you sit there and say, I am Optimus Prime and I will d- rip off your face? <laughs> uh, I don't think so, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you know, when kids play, it's always like, oh, I am the cop and you're the robber, you know, or, you know, I'm the fireman and we're going to rescue you or something like that. Uh, well, it's but, like, but I was never it, like, I'm going to be this particular character. Yeah. Well, basically, like, if you take any of the old uh, Transformers commercials where it's more than one kid, like, if it's two, no, <laughs> yeah. no, seriously, if it's two kids, one of the kids would say, I'm going to be Megatron, and aha, Optimus, I'm going to shoot you, kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And yeah. then later they would have more than meets the eye. Yeah. Um, like, creepy anyway. kid that transforms into a robot. <laughs> yeah. There was a TF con not too long ago where they actually found that guy and brought him out and made him a... Uh, part of the or made him a special guest yeah wasn't that tommy i think i don't remember but yeah you're right yeah this is just it was just something funny that popped into my head (laughs) what features define a good toy to you how true does the item feel in comparison to the source material likeness uh wow what do i like in toys you know i think it's hard to say play value. What is what is play value? You know, play value is like, is it sturdy? Uh, it, it, does it feel? Um, yeah, does it does it transform well in my hands? You know, is it something that uh, that I feel like I could enjoy playing with? Mm-hmm. You know, there are toys that I'm like, this is crap. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this yeah. is a crappy toy. I would put this on a shelf, but I wouldn't play with him. Uh, you know, it's like yes, I do own that one. It's on a shelf, but you know, I don't, I don't play with it. There's a lot of like, you know, Transformers from like the Energon series that 
that are like that, where it's like, yeah, they're all on my shelf, but I don't actually play with them. Versus, let's say, like figures from um, uh, Beast Wars that mm-hmm. I still love to transform. I still enjoy playing with them because they, you know, they're poseable and they're sturdy and they stand up on their own. <laughs> you know, they have they have little uh, places in their arms and legs to stow their weapons. Uh, you know, they it's, it's they they have neat gimmicks. It's just a fun toy. Absolutely. What does toy packaging have to have to draw you in? Oh, you know, so is it is it yeah. more about the action figure inside, or is it more about part of the pack? Like, like uh, you know, yeah, the red version of like the auto like the Autobot package, the old Autobot packaging from from G one, where it's red and it has the giant Transformers thing and it has the amazing artwork on the back. Obviously, you have to actually pick up the package. To see the artwork on the back, but or is it the Decepticon stuff with the purple and the this and the that? No, honestly, I think a goodly chunk of it is the artwork. Mm-hmm. I really like figures that you know, like all the old GI Joe figures. It, you had a bubble, a blister, right, with a guy in it, his weapons, and it, the bigger the weapon bubble, the more I wanted it. You know, because right. <laughs> you see all the weapons he's got. He's got a lot of weapons in there. But the other side of the card is just big picture it was painted there was a guy who did the painting and i forget his name now but he painted like hundreds of these and they they're very consistent looking uh mm-hmm. and they're all exciting and they all have that that uh starburst in the background yep that they're kind of like jumping out of in an action pose uh i have this problem now with the current line of transformers and that they're all in a box and <laughs> the box has a window on it and the figure is so small inside that you can barely see it. And you're like, why is this tiny figure in a box? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, they're charging me 20 bucks because it's in a giant box. <laughs> could have put no, it they're on charging a- you $50 because it's in a giant box. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. They're like their Voyager size figures are 50 bucks. Their leader size figures are like 80 now. And yeah. I can't, I, even as a collector, it's hard to justify. That if I, class, even if I man. could find them in, in a Walmart. You know, I know, like, right? Good yeah. luck. Yeah. But, you know, that's the difference here is these older figures, you know, they were on a blister pack and they had really cool artwork on there. And, and uh, especially like maybe has it been five to ten years now where they had the ones that came with um, comics and the comic yeah. cover was literally the blister card pack. And you have really just well done art from IDW guys that, uh, that is right there front and center. But. You got this blister pack, and you can see the whole figure. It's not just like a little tiny window where you see a head pop poking out. Absolutely. Do you open your toys, or do you leave them in the package? If you keep toys packaged, do you have a specific criteria for this? You know, it's it's weird. Uh, a lot of my vintage toys are out, you know, because, you know, who has 40-year-old toys still in a box? Uh, and, and the answer is me. I have a few of them. But <laughs> you have a whole closet full of them. Well, that's the thing. I have a closet. I've got a few G1s and I've got some G2s mint in package. Uh, but a lot of the stuff from the from the 90s and the th- early aughts, you know, I would buy two, and I'd have one one to put in the closet, you know, in the package, and I'd have another one that I'd put on the shelf. And I did that for a long time, up until like the Michael Bay toys. Uh, and then I really wasn't excited about those, and I just bought one, and 
Uh, most, most of those, of those are in the closet. <laughs> yeah, most of those are in the closet. Um, when I ran out of the room in the closet, I started putting them, I stacked them up behind my desk. I've got this desk, it's about seven feet tall, and there's a gap between the wall and the desk, just big enough to put a blister card, and they're stacked to the ceiling behind the desk. Because I ran out of room. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're all back there. They're, um, some, at one point, I was like, I'm going to pull these out of the package, and I'm actually going to transform them, and I'm going to put them on a shelf. And I got a whole shelf you know, full of uh, you know, 2007 toys. But Honestly, uh, the only movie toy that ever mattered to me that I thought was ever cool enough for me to have at the time when I was collecting anything yeah. else except Funko uh, was 2009 Ravage because he had a purple eye and he was really cool. Movie Ravage, I loved yeah. Movie Ravage. But the rest of them, yeah, I don't need I don't want my Optimus Prime to have his outsides, his insides on the outside. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or Starscream. I own a Starscream, but I don't like the Starscream. <laughs> <laughs> I love the voice actor, but I don't love the toy. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at my in. I'm looking on the shelf here. I've actually got three ravages. Wow. There was a it was a mail order ravage. He was like Chrome or something, and I forget yep. what what promo he was with. But I got him. I was really excited about it. Um, I was actually it was funny. We used to have a website uh, for me and my wife uh, that we started when we got married, and I think it ended when we got Facebook because I started posting everything to Facebook instead. Right. But I still have all the uh, old pictures and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was just looking through photos the other day, old photos, and I found the the backed up gallery from that website. And one of them was Mail Order Ravage. <laughs> and I was like, I wish I could look, go back and look up the story behind this because this is kind of neat. <laughs> So question 12, folks, for those of you who have heard uh, the previous episodes of Origins here inside Toy on ToyCast, question 12 is specifically because of Michael. Whoa. Michael did not ask this question. He did not write this question down as a suggestion. This is me. because It's because of our friendship. If as a kid slash adult, you only were allowed to choose one toy franchise to collect from, which one would you choose and why? <laughs> this is because <laughs> this is because of my uh, criteria of only having one collection. Mm-hmm. So I chose Transformers, you know, because I own one of each. Mm-hmm. But uh, at, when, when I when I met my wife, uh, I had a much smaller collection. I had I I had it in my head that I wanted to get all the combiners from when I was little. Because mm-hmm. they were my favorite, you know, like Devastator and well, I had Devastator, but I mean, like I I didn't have a Defensor and I didn't have a Predaking and I didn't have. I thought like Monstructor would be like the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, as as my collection grew, my wife was like, "You get too much crap," <laughs> you know, and I'm like, "Well, what do you mean?" She's like, "Well, look at this." You know, you have more and more Transformers, but you also have this this you know whole shelf of Star Wars stuff. You know, and it wasn't like Star Wars when I was little. That stuff, it was just you know, oh, there's a new Star Wars movie in in the late '90s, so I'm gonna get Darth Vader. I'm gonna get a Darth Maul, and you know, I had a bank that if you put money in it, Darth Maul would start swinging his lightsaber back and forth, <laughs> and it would make noise. And I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. But my wife is like. 
uh, you know, you got too much clutter. So <laughs> she, so you know, we made a compromise. She's like, you know, I'll, I'll be supportive and and we'll, you know, go whole hog on your Transformers collection, but <laughs> you, know, you can't have you can't have any more, you know, GI Joe, or you can't have any more. I don't. I didn't have any He-Man or anything at the time, but I had like a smattering of GI Joe. I had a smattering of Star Wars and and other stuff. And she uh, basically said, "Nope, we're, you, you're going to focus on one." And I I was happy with that. I'm like, "All right." And you know, t- true to her word, she did back me up. Uh, we went to Botcons together as as like vacations. Mm-hmm. And we every. Every summer, you know, we would go to a new city, to a new BotCon. And she was cool with whatever I wanted to buy, and she would sit in line with me, and sometimes she would take my space in line. So it's like, hey, rather than sit here for two hours to talk to Peter Cullen, why don't you go shopping, and I'll just wait in line for you. And it's like, oh, my God, marry me. (laughs) And she did. So. <laughs> awesome. Alrighty then. As an adult, do you prefer vintage or modern toys? Wow. Uh, right now with Transformers, I don't think there's much of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It's like every toy on my 1984 shelf is duplicated on my, you know, classics shelf. You know, classics even was ten years ago, um, and now they've got the the Earthrise figures that are amazing. I don't have any Earthrise. Um, I don't have any Kingdom. The, the most recent ones from the last couple of years, which is sad because they're fantastic. They look great, and um, it'd be nice to you know take some G1 toys and put them next to the Earthrise toys. Absolutely. Yeah, but no, I I think I'm I'm more I, I have the toys from G1 and the new ones I haven't so much bought and and it it's not so much because I didn't want to it's just I I <laughs> sadly uh, Corona hit or coronavirus hit and uh, uh, I spent some time unemployed and just didn't buy toys anymore right and yeah. you know now that now that uh, things are better and and I'm employed again. Uh, I just don't want to go back and, you know, pay scalper prices for all the toys that I missed. <laughs> True. Yeah. What is one toy you can always play with? Uh, wow, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I'm looking around. It's like, what do I? What was my normal go-to toys? You know, what's weird is I've got uh, my rescue bots here on the shelf, and mm-hmm. you know they're. They're like one-step transformers, you know, but they're really easy to just pick up and fiddle with. So that's what I do sometimes if I'm on uh, online, I'm talking to somebody, if, if I'm on a conference call or, you know, however, whatever I'm doing at the time, uh, I, I get up and I wander over and I'll, you know, uh, grab a boulder from Rescue Pods and just fiddle with them. Cool. It was yeah, a good bold. show. Yeah, you boulder know. is awesome. Yeah. I, hear, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I hear he has a great voice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even though there are always, and this is obviously doesn't really apply to you, so I guess we don't have to ask this one. But even though there are always toy lines that people never purchase, are there any that you specifically and purposefully avoid? This can be toy lines, specific characters, that kind of thing. 
toy lines that I avoid? Oh, um, you know what? I was never big on third party with Transformers, at least. And mm-hmm. the thing was, is I uh, didn't think that it was right to spend like eighty to a hundred dollars on a on a figure that probably shouldn't cost more than ten on the shelf. And I get it that you're not talking about economies of scale. Uh, you know, the people who make these put a lot of time and effort into them, and it's it's a one one man shop in most cases. Mm. Uh, you know, and and you know they're they're worth eighty dollars. But again, it's like wrapping my head around why would I pay ten dollars or why would I pay eighty dollars for that when it's you know ten dollars for the plastic. Uh, you know that being said, I find it hard to justify paying twenty dollars for you know literally like a deluxe size figure in a you know in an oversized box. Right. It's hard now. But again, you know, in the 10 years ago, when you first started seeing these third party figures, it was like, wow, that's kind of neat. I like that, but I can't justify paying, you know, 80 bucks for that. Nowadays, they've got these fantastic, like, weirdly uh, pr- produced figures that are, it's like the Rolling Thunder from G.I. Joe that turns into a, an Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. How did that even happen? Probably were easily worth 150 bucks in my eyes, but I'm still not going to buy it because I got it in my head now that I don't want third-party stuff. I think the reason why the third-party stuff really crept up and got the popularity it got about a decade or so ago mm-hmm. is because Hasbro wasn't giving us much. I mean, right. you know, it, a decade ago it was 2011. Um, yeah. Animated was just about to end if it didn't already end. I know BotCon 2011 was was the animated set, but shortly after right. that, the animated toy line ended and they went to Prime or whatever, you know, because I think Prime... No, Prime started in 2010. Oh, yeah, no. but anyway, but, but the point is, is that, you know, between 2009 and 2011, yeah. there were a lot of shifting things in those years that the third parties were like, hey... You want specially cool things for these, like, you know, you you bought Classics Magnus or Classic Optimus or Classic um, Nemesis or if you got the Shattered Glass 2008 Botcon Optimus Prime. Hey, look, we have Shadow Commander or City Commander or whatever the the mm. um, Shattered – whatever. Yeah. But you know, you know what I the mean? The armor, like, the Apex yeah, armor yeah, yeah, yeah. for the – yeah, yeah, the different Optimus yeah. builds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you you already own that figure. Oh, would you like to enhance that figure? <laughs> Some ultra here you go. armor for him. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. Kind of thing. That was, those are really cool. And again, wow, it's really neat stuff. But I just never bought them. The closest thing I got to third party was um, the Fun Pub figures that were like repaints that were. It's like they maybe should have been. Um, but is Fun Pub really they, is Fun Publications really a third party? Because aren't they? That's essentially Botcon. Yeah. I mean, it's not really like. Right, but I mean, they had their Botcon toys, but then every month or so they would release something else. Like, yeah, I've got um, uh, like a Chrome Dome that's a repaint of um, oh, which Wheeljack was that? I forget. But. You know, it's like, oh, that's really neat. But it wasn't like one of their exclusive figures. It was just one of those that they sold monthly. They also had like a fan club. 
there for a while where every every month or so there was a different figure. They did yeah. a bunch of um, combiners for that fan club that I did not get. And I was like, oh, man, I, you know, combiners, again, near and dear to my heart, but <laughs> yeah. justify paying $40 for – it's <laughs> like by the time you're done, by the time it's all said and done, you, you now have a, a $600, you know, uh, Power of the Primes combiner. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, ugh. Honestly, it'd be cheaper to import one from Japan. True. Crazy. Like the, uh, oh man, the the Golden Bruticus, his name was Valdigus. They <laughs> did a Valdigus uh, in Japan out of the Bruticus uh, set, and it was gorgeous. But uh, again, 250 bucks to import one from Japan seemed a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any toys in the past or currently that you wish you hadn't bought them? Are there any toys that you may have sold that you regret letting go? Mm, aside from the huge box of Star Wars from when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I regret letting that go. My mom would have been like, you want to sell these? I'm like, heck no. <laughs> you better find room for them because I'm never selling them. Uh, you know, even now, my wife is like, "When are you gonna get rid of some of these?" And I'm like, "No, keeping them forever." Even I'm like that. I mean, they're 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 in the closet. Why? They're not doing anything. Yeah. Hell, at least donate them to Toys for Tots if they're ten oh. old toys. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I'm sorry, I had a little mini heart attack there. Uh, oof. Well. Oh please, if you have doubles, you know, like uh, anyway. Yeah, I have done that before. I've, I, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not I've got saying to... you haven't. I'm not trying to make you out to be a monster. It's <laughs> not the point here. The point <laughs> is, is that your wife said, "Oh, when yeah. are you going to get rid of those?" And my thought is, "Oh, well, you should donate them." Yeah, you know, Un- I... unless it's something that's really, really valuable, and you can, you know, make your next house payment. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny as those shattered glass box sets are just ridiculously priced now. Uh, I don't know what they are right now. I haven't looked, but I, at one point I heard somebody bought one for a thousand dollars. I like, know for a really? fact when I when it was a thing. Yeah. When it, when Botcon 2008 was going on, at the time I was working, I had you know a really really good job with a really really good you know salary kind of thing. Yeah. I spent eight hundred dollars. On the whole thing, Oof. all the ex- everything, the box set, the all, all just ev- everything that came with it. Yeah, eight hundred bucks plus a little bit of shipping or whatever, whatever, whatever the shipping costs. It was like, right. okay, sure. Scalper prices. Yeah, <laughs> didn't seem that way. Nah. You know me. what's funny? Like I said, my wife and I would go to these bot cons together, right? And she would get a set, and I would get a set. Because that was you know, you bought you bought your ticket. That's what you got. You got a set. And uh, as soon as we got home, night one, not not even home, back to the hotel room. We you know we check in on Thursday night, right before the weekend, and we would get our box set. We go back to the hotel room. We take pictures of it and immediately put it on eBay, and we would sell it like that night. And it would be, uh, it would pay for the trip. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I would get a set, you know, and her set would literally pay for our vacation. Right. Man. 
I should not have looked this up. I, I have no no interest whatsoever, but <laughs> you got me curious to see how bad the uh the botcon shat just the five figures, not not including anything else. Yeah. Uh the box? The box was the best part. Well, no, no, but I'm saying just the box, the five figures, not in, okay. like not yeah. including Rodimus, not including the other like the the Five grand is the first listing I see for a five-figure. No. I shit you not. Five thousand dollars on eBay right now. Five thousand. Forty-four. Forty-four ninety-nine point nine five. Like yeah, like it. It's not even. It, are you kidding me? I here? got a stack of them in the closet, man. They're, they're <laughs> hey, if you got a stack of them in the closet, just give them to me. Damn it! Forget it's the insane. The holy yeah, grail of Bacon collectibles for. Yeah, you know, I think I think the big difference. I don't think I have the pin. A lot of people were like, "Oh, you got to have the pin. It's got to have the pin." Yeah, I don't think mine has the pin. Could be wrong, but yeah, I've got the even. I've even got the authenticity paper still in mine. Wow, it's crazy. I can't man. Oh, for five grand, I'll take five grand. Ooh, man, yeah, Rodimus is expensive now. Really. Uh, first listing I see for Shattered Glass Rodimus Botcon 2008, 650 bucks or best offer, plus 14.99 shipping. <laughs> Looky here, folks. If you're gonna uh, if you're gonna uh, have a figure that costs that much, at least put in free shipping. You, you know, I wouldn't put in free shipping because I know me. I would pay 50 bucks worth mm. of packaging to get this guy in there right, so he doesn't get damaged during shipping. There's nothing worse than buying something online and then getting it in, uh, you know, one of those flexible bubble packs. And you're like, why did you ship it like this? You know, you knew it was expensive. Why didn't you put it in in an actual box with peanuts in there or something? Some styrofoam to keep it from jostling. Yeah. This one is is interesting. Hmm. Botcon 2008 Shattered Glass Geronimus. It comes with him, his little flame gun. Obviously, his card and his instructions it says pre-owned, and I'm not looking at the actual listing. I'm just looking at the the the, the search result. Yeah. Pre-owned, one thousand three hundred forty-nine ninety-five free shipping. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just it's crazy. That's insane. I it wonder is, who wants one that bad that they're going to pay a thousand dollars for it. Uh, not me. Not um, I had him. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> this isn't one of those. You know, I don't know, like uh, gold-plated Japanese only. Yeah, like Moonbase wait, two. Figures, wait a know? minute. <laughs> wait a minute. What? No, you no. What? I don't f- have any of those. What? No, no, no. So no, it's um. Yeah. Somebody is trying to sell the comic book from Botcon oh, two thousand eight. Really? Yeah. Transformers Timelines number three, Botcon Edition, two thousand eight. Yeah. hundred and seventeen dollars and ninety four cents. Ooh. Uh no. For a comic? Yeah, just for the comic. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, we you gotta know, get back if to you this bought list. my box set for five grand, I'd throw the comic in for free. Exactly. Like, I don't know. I want to say, like, one year at BotCon, they included, like, a, like a sucker. 
and they had a bug in it or something. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was a, I hope it was a fake bug. I don't remember. I think I still have that sucker somewhere. It's like, I would throw in the sucker because <laughs> only yeah. a sucker is going to pay that <laughs> price. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. How large or small is your toy collection? Do your toys take up the whole house, or are they relegated to one room, shelf, or something like that? Uh, that was an agreement between my wife and I when when we were, you know, when my collection was growing, which was that you know my collection stays in my room, and I have an office downstairs. It's goodly sized, right? But mm-hmm. I've got all my toys in here. Uh, when my son got to be a certain age, I, uh, built a certain age that he would want to grab my toys rather. Uh, I built shelves in my office and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, six, six and a, six, six and a half feet tall and two feet deep. And there's a set of like four of them. And each one is the size of like a large refrigerator. Let's say they're essentially debt off folks, debt offs folks, but a little bit better. They're Oak Deltoffs. What do you mean? They're, I yeah. mean, they're, it's it's got glass fronts and not glass. They're, they're plexiglass, uh, and there's lighting inside, and there's lock and key on the front that are built <laughs> into the oak. Wow. They're really nice. Yes, uh, I probably got like twenty grand worth of shelves here, you know, and because I did it myself, mm-hmm. uh, it was significantly cheaper than you know twenty grand. But <laughs> it's a lot of oak. I like oak in my house. <laughs> I got a lot of oak trim, but these are really nice shelves. Hmm. And and they're full, like top to bottom, with transformers. And then, like I said, I got a big oak desk, uh, and with transformers piled up behind them. And then I got a cl- I got shelves over here. And then I got a closet. And the closet's probably what, like twelve feet wide. Wow. <laughs> put ceilings in there, and there's a, and it's jam packed with stuff in the boxes. But outside of my office, I don't have any transformers. You know, because mm-hmm. they're all in this room. That was that's the agreement. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My wife used to collect stuff, uh, and her room was for her collection. But you know, she she doesn't so much collect anything anymore. Hmm. But yeah, but my room is chock full of collection. <laughs> How do you keep track of your collection? Now, you know, I know you used to have a spreadsheet. I did, yeah. Uh, I had a spreadsheet. You know, there was a website in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, and it had a list of, like, everything up through, uh, like, Beast Machines, like all mm-hmm. the toys that were sold. And I used that list for a long time. 
And then after that, I kind of made my own, uh, kind of going, you know, going going along. And I think I kept that list up through the Bay movies. And then after that, I think my my collection kind of went downhill, and I stopped recording stuff. But because I had that spreadsheet, I knew uh, what I was missing. Mm-hmm. I knew well, figure, what uh, what accessories I didn't have, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, when I would go toy hunting or when I went to BotCon, I could, um, you know, make a subset of my spreadsheet that had just the stuff that I was missing, and I would stick uh, photos on it and then print it out and carry it with me. Interesting. Yeah, and I can't. I mean, that spreadsheet's somewhere, but I don't remember exactly where it is. <laughs> and it's somewhere on my machine. <laughs> and I just don't... I'm trying to remember where I left off. I think it was... I don't remember exactly. It might have been somewhere, probably around 2010, that I stopped keeping track. Yeah, somewhere between Animated and Prime. Somewhere in there, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so everyone is safe. Okay. You, the wife, the kids, the pets, yeah. everybody is safe. But the house is burning and all the oak is just being eaten by the fire. What is, oh, no. What is one toy you would run in and save? You can only keep one toy from your entire collection. Yeah. You know what's funny is I always said I would grab Fort Max and throw him out the window. <laughs> I had to save one toy. Fort Max, is, he'd be the biggest one. You know, I would just run over and grab him real quick. He's not the biggest one anymore. Well, he might know, be the biggest yeah. one in your collection, but he's not the biggest Transformers toy anymore. That, that's the funny thing is I've got um, I've got bigger bigger toys now that you know I've, I I still got like the um, the Devastator uh, that's two two and a half feet tall or whatever. I got uh, the Metroplex. I got um, the Trypticon. Uh what other ones were there? You know, I did not get the one I didn't get. It was the Omega Supreme, mm. and I was kind of bummed because I really, I really wanted one of those. And then that, that was the last one I did not get. Um, oh, the the Predaking. I got the Predaking too. Anyway, so I've I've got big ones. They're probably bigger than than the Fort Max, but uh, they're in the closet with the rest of the box stuff. And my Fort Max is just right here. <laughs> <laughs> sitting next to my desk, so yep. yeah, I would probably just you know scoop him up. It's funny, I've got a um, oh, what is it? I, I think I'm not, I don't think it's Brave Max. What's the name of the one that came out with the robots in the disguise line in 2000 in Japan? I don't know. So there's like three flavors of Fort Max. There's Fort Max. There's Brave Max that came out in Japan. It was a repaint of Fort Max, and then there was the one that came out in 2000. Mm. Anyway, I got him in a box, mm-hmm. and the box for that guy is directly behind Fort Max. And the, sadly, uh, you know, Fort Max, I'd, I'd probably grab first. He's roughly the size of a child, and I have to <laughs> rescue the children. <laughs> They're the first ones going out the window. <laughs> oh boy! Throw them out that window. Well, you know, uh, in the basement, you know, my windows are ground level. I'm not actually throwing them to their death. I'm just yeah, but you're <laughs> still chucking them from your the children out the window. Exactly. Now, I, you know, but I've got so many toys down here, and I wouldn't spend, you know, I wouldn't hide in the basement while the rest of the not hide, but you know, I wouldn't <laughs> stay in the basement throwing toys out the window while the, while the house is burning. 
and because I have a spreadsheet of everything I own and uh, and, and pictures and such, I, I could probably still you know carry those to the insurance and say this is everything I lost, except for that Fort Max because I threw him out the window. <laughs> All right, so here's the toy box challenge. This is kind of the same question, but a little different. Uh-huh. You get one 18 by 18 by 18 box. The only toys you can keep have to fit in the box. What can you pack into it? Oh, man. Uh, you know what? I've got a whole shelf here, the oak shelves, right? And there, I got one dedicated to uh, 1984 and 1985 G1 toys. Mm-hmm. And I could probably hold the box next to the shelf, reach one arm in, and just scoop them into it. There you go. That would probably, yeah. So at that point, I'd have 84 and 85. <laughs> and the shelf above that is like 86, 87. I got a bunch of combiners up here. You know, and I uh, got my triple changers and such. Got my, my um, uh, you know, mail-in stuff, things like that. And, and right. it would be a shame to let those go. <laughs> but if some of them still fit in that box, I'd be like, yeah, let me grab these. <laughs> awesome. Are you a Funko fan? You know, sadly, I don't have many Funkos. I'm not a Funko fan. My kids liked Funkos for a while. And uh, I've got a couple Overwatch figures because I've played Overwatch for like five years straight. And uh, I've got a Pickle Rick. So I've got my Mercy and my May uh, from Overwatch. And I've got Pickle Rick on the shelf. And that's that's it. And they're kind of like tucked back far up on a shelf on my desk so my wife doesn't see them. <laughs> like what's that that's not that's not a transformer yeah neither is Perry the platypus uh, I, I guess I, I had to literally that. beg her <laughs> beg her to let you have that anyway the Perry the platypus may have paved the way to let her allow me a little space here for the overwatch guys there you go and good thing now, Funko is actually making real Transformers, not just movie versions. <laughs> I saw I, that. I love Funko. I love them. Yeah. I have a whole bunch. City. I'm looking right now at, at Grimlock and, and, and GameStop Optimus, because mm. GameStop Optimus is an exclusive to the box set that they were doing this year, and he has his orange energy axe from the first episode when he and Megatron were fighting. So they are actually doing the actual Transformers brand now. They've had the license for years, because they had the movie toy license, I guess, and and right. even then, I don't want to see the, the insides and the outsides of my Funko Pops. That, yeah. Uh, I would not buy like uh, a Bayverse Chicken Walker Starscream Funko. No, no, no. What is the most money you spent on a toy? Oh wow. Um, you know, besides the box sets, because those were like three fifty a pop. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's... I even my Fort Max. I think I only spent like two hundred bucks on him. I bought. I got an auction on eBay. I got a, uh, a G1 complete Trypticon and a G1 complete um, Predaking, and uh, it's a steel body one, right? Mm-hmm. I think I paid seven hundred for both. Oh wow! I think I think that's what I I remember spending something for seven hundred, and it was a huge purchase, and I got a bunch of stuff. 
and the Predaking and the uh, Triptychon were in that in that set, but they were uh, they were expensive. Yeah. Hmm. But it's hard to find a Predaking in good shape. I mean, even even the reissues now. I mean, I've got another Predaking that's like a plastic reissue. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same. I mean, the the metal body ones. Oh, they're, Man. I know it's it's exciting. They're fun to play with. It's exciting. It's like Optimus Primal always says, diecast construction. It's a lost art. It's a lost art. Exactly. <clears throat> what was the cheapest toy you bought? Basically, what was the best deal you ever got on a figure that may have been worth quite a bit more than you paid? Uh, that's a good question. Um, the the Fort Max in the box from 2000, mm-hmm. I got for 200 bucks. And honestly, I think I probably should have paid more. But the the guy, the vendor was like, oh, uh, you know, I'm packing up. You know, do you want to deal on any, anything I got here? And I'm like, well, I got about $200 left. Do you want to sell me the Fort Max? And I said, it's really big. <laughs> maybe you don't want to maybe you don't want to pack him back up in the truck. And the guy's like, 200 And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right, fine. So I gave him my last 200 bucks and walked mm-hmm. out with that with a Fort Max, which is crazy. Because honestly, two hundred is probably what I would have paid for him when he was new. True. Shipping him from Japan. Uh, the other deal, really quick story. I was at a garage sale because my wife and I used to used to do garage sales for fun on the weekends in the summer. And there was a garage sale. This kid had a box of Beast Wars figures, and it had like Cheetor and Rhinox and and a, and a bunch of other like early ones. And and a couple, you know, a couple of the transmetal ones, and and some of them were, you know, missing pieces, but for the most part, they were pretty solid. And I think I bought bought it for like five bucks. It was crazy. And the kid was like, "Let me show you how to transform him." And I felt bad taking toys away from a child. <laughs> and it was, and I I remember when my mom was like, "You don't play with these anymore, do you? Why don't you let me sell them for pennies on the dollar?" <clears throat> and, and I kind of felt that way with this kid, where it's like, all right, I got probably you know two hundred dollars worth of Beast Wars figures here in a box, and he's showing me how to transform Cheetor, and I'm like, that's really cool. And at the time, I didn't have any Beast Wars figures because I just mm. wasn't a fan of Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I got a bunch of them, and it wasn't until a few years later that I, I really went whole hog and started buying up all the Beast Wars toys. But that was my first kind of foray in the Beast Wars. And I'm like, well, they're Transformers, and it's a whole box of them for five bucks. So I'm going to go ahead and get them. Mm-hmm. But that was a really good deal. Awesome. When you visit toy shows or conventions when it's not COVID times, do you have a typical methodology? Do you bring a certain amount of money for what you're looking for, or do you just see what you can find? Uh you know, honestly, I think like in 99, I brought a certain amount of money. But then after that, it was like, no, I'm just bringing a credit card. Whatever <laughs> I get, I get. Um, you know, like I said, I had that spreadsheet. And I, when mm-hmm. I printed it out, I would carry it with me and I'd pull it on my backpack and I'd say, oh, you have this or do you have that? And I'd show a picture of it. You know, you have this in the box or something. And that was that was basically what I did for years. Carry my spreadsheet around, look for stuff, especially for things like um, I was looking for a G2 orange scrapper for years, (laughs) 
and he was on my spreadsheet. And I would just walk around. You got this guy. And eventually, there was a vendor who had him and gave me a really good price on him. And I was really excited, but it took me years to get an arm for my for my uh, orange devastator. <laughs> what do you think it is about our generation that causes our childhood toys to mean so much more to us, for instance, than say our parents' generation? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, they didn't have the cool toys like we did. Maybe they didn't have cool <laughs> toys. Honestly, I, I don't think cool. I don't think toys were you know cool uh, until like the eighties. True. Because they didn't have the cartoon to go along with them. It's like Howdy Doody. Oh, you know, like Toy Story. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have you got Woody, and there was like the Howdy Doody TV show, and the kids would watch it, and they'd be like, "I want a Woody," and they'd get a Woody, and they'd get a. You know, whatever the girl's name and whatever the, the horse's name was, and that was that's their toys. Um, yeah, but in the eighties, you watch the TV show and there's a set of a hundred toys to buy. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> one hundred and twenty like, new toys within the last three episodes. Exactly. It's like <laughs> that. That's what the Transformers movie was: is we have to sell more toys. We're gonna kill off all the characters from the first line. And we're gonna you know, bring in all the characters from the new line, and the kids are gonna buy them because it's it's a movie now, not just a not just a cartoon that you come from home from school and watch. But you know, I'd come home from school and I'd watch Transformers and I'd watch GI Joe and I'd watch Thundercats and He Man, and you know, we'd have the toys and they kind of married up. And you just I don't think you got that before the eighties. Not really, no. I'm, I'm not sure if you get that even in the 90s. Because it's like, you know what I don't find? I don't find a lot of, like, Rugrats toys. <laughs> you got that with, like, Spider-Man and Batman and that kind of stuff. But, yeah. And, obviously, Pokemon and trading cards and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Pokemon was... They did it right. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. had a cartoon. They, they had hooked, cards. They hooked they you had... in with the cartoon and that damn card game. And they, could the card game be considered the toys? Because yeah. I got a cartoon, but I've also got a collection of 120 cards. True. I got to I got to buy 50 packs of cards in order to get a full set. Yep. And then I got to trade all the commons with my little brother. <laughs> you know, or whatnot. But yeah, the, they did it right. That's how you do it. And I. Th- <laughs> I think to a certain extent, Transformers tried to do that later on. I remember specifically there were Transformers. It wasn't a trading card game, but there were Transformers trading cards. Yeah. I had like five or six of them. I wish I could find them now just so I could see. Not that I want them or anything, but just so I could <laughs> see and remember them. Because I, the only thing I remember is holding a card in my hand that had like Ironhide driving away in like one of the scenes or something or other. So I know that Transformers had trading cards. I mean, that everything had trading cards. Hell, X-Men, yeah. the animated series had trade. Like, <laughs> I, I specifically remember. I still X-Men. got those. I specifically remember the X-Men trading cards because there was the blue team cards and there was the gold team cards. This was X-Men trading cards series two. I want the hologram set. No, no, I I don't have any of the cards. I I haven't had trading (laughs) cards in forever. Oh, that's one of the things I I was, (laughs) when I was a teenager, I had a huge comic book collection and 
and the trading cards are part of it. So I still have the trading cards. There you go. What is your motivation for purchasing toys to display, play, fiddle, describe your collecting style? Are you a completionist, a storyteller, a cherry picker, or otherwise? Wow, that, that's a that's a big question. There's a lot to cover there. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, for a long time, I was a completionist. So, you know, once I got past, oh, I'm just going to buy the combiners that I liked when I was little. You know, mm-hmm. once I had everything from 84 and 85, uh, you know, it, it was just kind of snowballed from there. <laughs> I mean, I, I got <laughs> I got back into collecting probably in 99. Uh, I got my first job in Chicago. I had uh, disposable income. And, and I had a buddy at work who said, oh, you know, have you seen Beast Machine or Beast Wars? And it's like, no, he had a uh, Transmetal 2 uh, Optimus, or not Optimus, uh, Megatron Dragon on his mm-hmm. desk. And I'm like, that is the coolest damn thing I've ever seen. What is that? And he's like, oh, it's Megatron. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And after that, I started, you know, I started buying the... Uh, uh, the transmetal stuff that I really like. And, you know, I didn't get the originals, but I got a lot of the transmetal. And then Beast Machines came out. And that's when I really became a completionist and started buying everything. Back when, like, KB Toys was open at the mall. You know, we'd go to the mall and I'd be like, I gotta go to the toy store. Because <laughs> there's probably <laughs> new Beast Machines. And uh, I started collecting stuff from Japan. And I started. Um, you know, just getting like like I said, one of each, one or two of each, and so and that that lasted a long time. And nowadays, I you know I don't buy anything, but I'm really just, I'm just happy with what I have. I think um, sometimes I look back and say, oh, maybe there's something from like ugh, Overlord. I don't have a Japanese Overlord. Not many people do, you know. And the people who do, it was like this is my holy grail, and I've got it now. <laughs> right. But it's like. You know, do I need to go back and get one of those? Eh, probably not. I don't feel the compulsion that I used to. Rather, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's like collecting was about the hunt. You know, I want to go. I'm going to look at all the targets and and I'm going to look at all the the WalMarts and. Um, and he's going to look in all the back rooms of targets. I'm, I'm going to scour the back rooms because you know, <laughs> I know they got them back there. They're hiding them. It's release dates, man. It's release dates. <laughs> have you ever have you ever purchased a vintage toy for a child because you thought it would be fun based on your own preferences? Yes. Yes, I have. So uh, in more recent years, my son, Aiden, has become interested in Transformers. So mm-hmm. I've gotten um, uh, toys for him. So he's got a lot of... Um, Power of the Primes and things like that. Things that have come out in the last several years. Yeah. And, and including the uh, uh, Insecticons. Mm. So he's got a set of those those Insecticons that came out. And it's like, well, if you like these guys, you know what you're really going to like. You know, it's going to blow your mind is the, you know, the 1985 Insecticons. Because those mm-hmm. were some of my favorites. I loved them on the TV show. And I, I, I love the figures. And they're really simple. Um you know, nowadays all the chrome's worn off and, and their legs are too loose, you know. But uh, I take my boy to, well, up until COVID, but uh, I've taken a lot of the, the uh, uh, Comic-Cons. And they'll have toys there. And at one point we ran into 
a couple Insecticons. And I made sure that he got a couple Insecticons that were in good shape and had their guns. Cool. Yeah, so he's got those in his room next to his regular, or next to his more updated Insecticons. And, cool. and yeah, they still hold up. I, I honestly, I think I prefer the G1 better. <laughs> do you do any toy modifications or customs, painting, building, build dioramas? Uh, no, I don't. In fact, um, I, I don't do anything to my toys. For a long time, collecting to me was, you know, I have to find the best looking figure with the most mm-hmm. stickers and the best paint. Uh, and I didn't try to touch them up myself. I, I don't like repro labels. I shouldn't take that. I shouldn't say that. Wait, wait, wait. I like repro labels, right? I like the I like the idea of you know this is a figure with no uh, stickers, and I can restore this figure to its you know vintage original look by using repro labels. Right. Or, or uh, what I did once. Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Alternators. <coughs> Alternators was a really, really nice Transformers line that, that people don't remember as well as they should. But the Jazz, there's an Alternators Jazz that was just pure white. And Repro Labels sold a set of stickers that turned him into G1 Jazz. And Very I bought those cool. stickers. Yeah, I bought those stickers and I put him on the Jazz. And, and honestly, I, I love that Jazz. He looks fantastic. But... You know, I, I feel bad saying, oh, yeah, I got this vintage toy, and I'm going to restore his stickers. You know, it's like, no, I want to find the best stickers and the best paint on, on a toy that's vintage. Mm. And, you know, for all I know, you know, somebody replaced the stickers with repro labels on it already. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to say I don't like repro labels. I do like – I like toy hacks. Uh, yeah. I think, I think they, they provide a good service, and they're not too expensive. But that being said, I I don't put them on my own toys very much, with a few exceptions. <laughs> Do you think toy companies should specifically have adult collector toys, child toys, or a find a way to mix both? Uh, that's an interesting question because uh, Hasbro is I think is doing a good job juggling that right now. You know they've got their kids set which is like Cyberverse that are you know very. Ah, they're not very good toys, you know? Like, uh, we discuss what makes a good toy, you know? It, 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 does it feel good in your hands? Uh, does it transform easily? Can, is it easy to play with? Um, and these figures just, I don't like them as much. I just don't like them. And, but they also, you know, have their stuff that's more leaning toward adults. And I'm not specifically talking like a $600 Unicron, but... You know that, that that's like the uh, the end result of that. You know, we're looking at adult collectors. Would you would you mind spending six hundred dollars on a on a toy the size of a small child? And it's like, yeah, sure, I'll buy that. But yeah, I I like the idea of saying, well, we have a line for little kids because you know that's where our bread and butter is. And we have a line for adult collectors because, you know, if if we don't, they're going to throw a fit. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I I think – I want to say that Transformers might be – oh, no, that's not right. I was going to say Transformers might be the only line that actually does that. But uh, He-Man did that. Mattel Mm -hmm. made a line of collector's figures that were only available to adults. 
uh, through mail order because they mm-hmm. just didn't have any He-Man on the shelf. So they did not have a kid's line. They only had the adult well, line. Yeah, because at that point, back in 2007, 8, or 9, I forget when Classic started, yeah. at that point, it was there was nothing in 2008. There right. was no cartoon. There was no nothing. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Old fans. There was just old us old fans. And it's yeah. like, hey... You know, and this is perfect because I can put this right here. This is Radio Free Cybertron. Thank God Hasbro isn't Mattel. Ender, the floor is yours. Mattel's Masters of the Universe has gotten to be like the most malignant moronic mishandled line in history not since hasbro a hasbro creative meeting when one executive blurted out let's kill the red truck guy has a franchise been handled worse the masters of the universe classics are an amazing line they use modern toy making techniques to bring out the best of a vintage figure retaining its charm and essence while consistently exceeding modern quality standards and delivering fan-driven fun for the adult collector at a price that while higher than average is altogether reasonable Sadly, the He-Man genius Falcon reaches its apex at this conceptual stage and then careens out of the sky with the aerodynamic grace of a quadriplegic hippo with an inner ear infection, plummets through a sky of inept customer service, plows straight and through uh, into straight and through a swamp of incompetent planning and rests broken and ruptured in a bedrock of useless management. MattyScalper.com's inability to even handle its monthly server load, much less the demand for its product, has settled into a comfortable pattern of letting itself be milked by scalpers at a rate of 10 figures in order while the real customers wait in error screens. Meanwhile, scalpers, who are, by the way, the most worthless scum on earth, have already posted their overpriced rip-off auctions on the well-oiled servers of eBay, touting items, touting items rarity due to a false scarcity they themselves have created with the foolish help of Mattel. Nothing endears fans to a brand like having legal tender slapped out of their hands as they attempt to exchange it for your product. The band-aid of a club was offered, seemingly a reasonable fix. You commit to buying the figures, and they guarantee you one. Simple enough. Until the line branches out into non-club figures, and the cycle begins again, as Battle Cat is snapped up by the scalping horde, and He-Man fans get shackled with Wondar, a not-remake of a never-was-exclusive. Now, underestimating demand for a fan line or miscalibrating your limits is not an unreasonable error. They have to make a profit and have to hedge their bets. However, one might think that after one and a half to two years might be enough time to (laughs) calibrate well enough that your servers don't crash every full moon and your product lasts more than half a hour. Mattel, get your together. Fire everyone on this project who is not a designer and sell us our toys. We give you money, you give us stuff! Because someone else I'm going to have on this podcast at some point, our yeah. good buddy Ender, yes, as, as you've heard, folks, just now, has an amazing 
Mattel and Maddie Collector rant that he did on Radio Free Cybertron back when this first happened, when uh-huh. Battle Cat came out, and people would have just heard this in the audio and in the actual episode. But I love Ender and and in his rant on what Maddie Collector and Digital River and all of that did back then, because it's like you know the the whole point is we give you money, you give us stuff. Yeah. You don't, you know, jerk us around and went, oh, God, eh, Maddie Clue. Wow. But yeah, basically, yes, it, it was crazy back then. You've kind of already mentioned this a few times a little bit. Do you have a my parents get rid of my toys story? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. My parents get rid of my toys. My wife got rid of my toys. <laughs> my kids got rid of my toys. Um, when my kids were almost start playing with toys, I would, you know, buy them toys of their own. Uh, but I would also, you know, buy one for myself and put it away in the pile, right? Uh, but I also, you know, sometimes would just get one for them. Or in, in there was a couple situations where they got some for their birthdays or whatever, and uh, I didn't have a, I didn't have one. <laughs> like a uh, uh, twin twist. The um, Power of the Primes mm-hmm. Twin Twist was mm-hmm. hard to find at the stores. Sludge, the, uh, the the combiner Sludge for the Dinobot set, couldn't find him in the stores, but somebody ordered him one. I think it, I think it might have been Christy's mom. Somebody got him one. So he has one, and I don't have one. <laughs> I, like, oh, I want one of those. Um, but as far as like throwing away my toys, there. <laughs> In his room, there are figures, and some of them may be mine, some of them may be his, but he's got a, a goodly sized collection. Um, and sometimes they break. <laughs> sometimes they sometimes they lose pieces. They break, folks. Oh, oh <laughs> my god! You know, and, and it hurts right here in my heart. You know, when I see a broken transformer. Uh-huh. He's got one upstairs. It's a uh, Combiner Wars Quake. And it was the repaint of Hardhead, right? And mm-hmm. and he he doesn't have a head. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I don't know where to do it. And Hardhead has this tank turret on his shoulder that's completely snapped off. And it's like, I don't know what you did to this toy. <laughs> you know, he doesn't mistreat him. You know, it probably just fell off the shelf or something. But it's like, oh, oh this hurts. It hurts that's, right here. Well, that's the thing. When we were kids, we played with our toys until, you know, I... I, I don't have. I don't think I have them anymore. But uh, you know, my original. I had them a few years ago. I don't. I. I think it was. I, I, whatever. Anyway, but basically, I had my original '88 Leo and Donnie still. But the belts were all screwed up. You couldn't yeah. see that. Like you could see more of the whites of their eyes than you could the color of the bandana. I mean, obviously, I could tell which one was which because Leonardo's skin was one color and Donatello's skin was another color, and that's fine. And plus, obviously, they're in different poses kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, as kids, we played with our toys. We weren't thinking about how we would be 40-something years later and be like, oh, it it has to be mint in box or mint on card or, uh, 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 uh." right, you know. Yeah, but just and, and I think that's the thing with your boys. You know, as they grew up, they were playing with their toys. Even though you were trying to instill in them about the whole thing of eventually this may get you through college or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? But like the parent that you are, the geek that you are. Yeah. You know, 
you're that geek dad that would be like, oh, son, but this is supposed to be blah, blah, blah. Don't rip its head off, please. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, play right. with it, but don't play with it to the point where it breaks. Yeah. Well, that was the rule. You know, it's like you can take this toy and take it upstairs to your room. But the rule is we we don't lose it and we don't break it. That That's the rule. It's like a it's like a library book. <laughs> yes, this is on borrowed time, son. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you feel you are coming to an end of your active collecting? If so, what has signified this phase for you? Was there ever a moment in your life before this when you were done with toys, or have you ever considered stopping completely or even selling your whole collection? Wow, that that question was just for me too, huh? No, no, <laughs> that question's for everybody. <laughs> uh the answer is yes. You know, uh, during the Bay, the Bayverse, when the Transformers movies, I, I, you know, watched them and enjoyed them as much as anybody else, as much as you possibly can. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the toys, I just, I don't like those figures. There, and uh, I stopped collecting around that time. Now, uh, I'm trying to think what else was going on. I still have more. Toys. And I didn't stop completely. I still bought toys, but um, I severely curtailed after twenty after uh, you know, two thousand seven, mm-hmm. and I um, uh, stopped pretty much collecting altogether. Like I said, about a, a you know twenty twenty was really hard. Um, I just you know, did not have the income at all, you know, mm-hmm. to buy toys. And so I just stopped buying it. And at this point it's like, I can't justify going back and spending ridiculous amounts of money for the, uh, the figures that I missed. Yeah. I mean, I could, I guess I could probably go back on, you know, entertainment earth or something and, and buy old boxes or, or old, uh, crates, you know, it's like, Oh, I got a crate from, cause that's, you know, they, they sometimes put them on sale uh and but i mean i wouldn't get all of them i you know <laughs> it would just be more trouble than i believe it's worth at this point it's like yeah i'm a, i'm about a year two years behind two and a half years behind <laughs> it's i don't know if it's worth it i've run out of space like i said i'm only allowed my one room and the <laughs> closet's full i don't have any more space behind my desk uh all my oak shelves are chock full uh, I've, you know, I've got like bins uh, full. It's I, I got way too much stuff, basically. And that leads me to the last part of their question: was what I imagine selling it. And part of me is like, no, never. It's, you know, I'm going to take <laughs> this. is going to be my mausoleum, <laughs> and it will be lined with transformers, um, like the uh, pharaohs of old. You're going to build a pyramid and mm-hmm. just be in there with all my plastic crack. But I, I've thought about it, uh, especially when you said, you know, the the box set for Shattered Glass is five grand. I'm like, oh my god, where do I, where do I, how quickly can I sell this for five grand? That's not sold. That's just what somebody listed it for. Yeah, some crazy person is just waiting for you know, someone <laughs> to spend that much. No one's gonna buy that for five grand. Hell no. But, but I did see somebody selling it for like a thousand at one point, and I was like, for a thousand bucks, I'd put it on eBay. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, part of me is like, at what point, and I've given this some serious introspection, at what point do I feel like I could sell the the set? And it's hard because I know, I don't believe that I would be able to sell everything and get a decent price for it, right? It'd be like, uh, and we've had this conversation before about the... um, Oh, what's that show where people take all their stuff to collection a, a intervention drop? and 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 toy Monster, hunter? Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, not, not stars. The toy hunter, yeah, that guy. He gets good deals, and it's it's a, he's always lowballing them, and I get it. Toy hunter would have a field day in my house, but the Pawn Stars <laughs> episode where they go to the guy's house and he's got G1 toys duplicates lined up on the floor. Yeah, and and I'm looking at this collection, going, holy cow, there there's possibly tens of thousands of dollars here you know yeah because that guy had like like eight fort maxes and like he had (sighs) that was so staged it was i don't know it was crazy all the stuff this guy had i'm like oh my god this guy's this guy puts my collection the same shame and i got a lot you know i got thousands of transformers and this guy was like holy cow i can't i can't imagine this uh and they offered him I want to say like five grand for the whole set. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. That's I don't like remember. The equivalent of my mom saying, "Here's a box of vintage Star Wars. Uh, I'll take forty bucks." You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like what? No. You know? But the alternative, and I understand why, and it's because when you try to sell your Transformers, you have to market them. You have to put them on a website, like eBay or something, or Facebook Marketplace. You have to uh, handle all the payments. You have to package them. You have to ship them. You have to do all the customer service. You know, you've inevitably got this guy that says, it broke, you know, or this isn't what I wanted. I wanted one, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's not my fault. You paid me for it, and I sent it to you. No, no, you got to send it back now on a refund. and. It's like, ah, oh, Jesus. Selling things is not worth my time or effort, basically. Um, right. Could I could I possibly, you know, package up all my G1 stuff and sell it? Or not my, let's just say 1984. Let's say I take the 1984 line, I take pictures of it, I put it on eBay, and I try to sell it. It's uh, the hassle involved would be ridiculous. And by the time I got them all sold, I might get what, 1500 bucks, two grand tops. Right. And it's like, wow, all that effort for two grand. I'm not sure. (laughs) I mean, two grand seems like a lot of money, but again, you're fighting with people. You're getting people haggling with you. Yeah. You got a guy who's like, Oh, I won. I won it for two grand, but I didn't mean to, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I my offer. It's like, what the? Why? What? Uh, I met a guy at, and I'm sorry to go down the rabbit hole here, but I, I met a guy at a Comic-Con that, that uh, was a friend of my wife. He was actually a substitute teacher. And he's like, yeah, I substitute teach on the side, but what I really like to do is, is, is a, you know, set up shop at these Comic-Cons. And he sold... Uh, comics. He had a lot of comics, and he's like, "Dude, you know, I, I see a lot of vendors come through here. I've done a lot of comic cons, you know, and I've seen your wife has shown me pictures of your collection. If you brought your collection here and laid it out on the table, 
they would disappear within a day. And it's like, you know, and whatever you want to, whatever price you want to put on them, that's what they're going to sell for. And you don't have to ship them to people. You don't have to, you know, do anything crazy. You know, you don't have to haggle with them. Well, you have to haggle a certain bit, I guess. But, you know, if you just say, look, the prices I got down here are firm, you know, all the, all the accessories that they came with are right there. You know, these are 40 year old figures. If, if you don't mind spending, you know, if you want to spend $200, you know, on Hound, because he's got all of his, little pieces that's what i'm selling them for you know uh and they would just scoop it up hand you cash and run off and right. i think that's not a terrible idea <laughs> but the other thing is i've got so much it wouldn't you know i've got enough stuff here that would last weeks selling them at a table and i don't know if i want to do that i don't know if that's how i would want to spend my comic-con time so you're you're in indiana yeah Close to Chicago. Just just outside of Chicago kind of yeah. thing. You're on the other side of the, the, the border. Uh-huh. I need to put you in touch with my buddy Joe Reed, who is actually going to be the next episode of Origins here on ToyCast. He has this thing up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, called the Geek Stuff Garage Sale. They do not charge for tables. You could take your entire closet of all the packaged toys <laughs> that you have up there and just price them out. You'd mm. make so much bank. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that's something to think about. But again, exactly. you know, I I would have to research and how much is this figure selling for now? And, you know, this guy's got a scratch on him or something. You know, it's like, what do I, what would I take this for? It's like, oh, yeah, I do have a G1 Thundercracker, but the stickers on his shoulders are missing, you know. So how much do I charge for that versus a, a you know, one with, with the right stickers? I don't know. You know, I, I never thought I'd sell them. I don't even worry about how much I could get for them. But then I'd have to research it all, and then I have to transport them all out there, and I don't know. Um, part of me is like, yeah, that's not such a terrible idea, you know. But I, <laughs> it's just a lot of effort. And this isn't my full time gig, you know. No, no, it's not. <laughs> what is something that does not have a toy of it you'd love to have in toy form? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. I don't. I don't. Do, is there something that uh, you think I would want? <laughs> I don't have. Because honestly, I, they, they've made all I don't the toys. Know. Hasbro's like, look at all the stuff we've made. Well, I mean, like uh, that's the thing about Kingdom. They're doing stuff in Kingdom that, like. For me, if I wasn't just, and I'm, it's only because I don't really care, because yeah. I just want the stuff so where I can see it, and I can, like, again, like, I can reach over here, grab Funko Pop Optimus Prime, okay, like, literally, the the Funko Pop Optimus Prime, it's literally a tiny body of the original, like, it literally, it looks just like the toy, except it's got a giant head, so that's the only yeah. difference, like, I can look at that and be like, oh, cool, I have this Optimus, he has his Energy Axe. At yeah. the same time, there are two Kingdom toys that I would love to have. The sad thing is, because I don't want to transform them, I would have to have two of each of them. <laughs> so, And that would be Kingdom Galvatron and Commander Class Rodimus. Because right. when I saw people revealing and doing videos of Commander Class Rodimus, I'm like... He looks good. It's 
It's 19, like, I, rem- I specifically remember this. I didn't get him until, well, when did when did the original Rodimus, to- not Hot Rod? Was 86, when did- 87? 87, somewhere around, I don't remember. But the, the yeah. actual Winne- Space Winnebago trailer Rodimus come yeah. out. 86. I remember specifically being in Key Biscayne, Florida in December of 1989. I went everywhere with that toy. So Commander Class Rodimus, when I first saw him, I'm like, it's a, they've done everything. They've yeah. put everything in the big size, in the this, in the that. And it's, it's, it's Rodimus 40 years later. But yeah. better. better. <laughs> I'm like, gimme, 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 gimme. But for me, I don't, like, I don't need to rush out and try to figure out how like I, I just don't like i love it i love that he's there i wish i could have him i don't need him i don't need anybody to buy him for me or anything like that <laughs> not asking yeah i mean really if i was gonna ask for something it would be funko pop nemesis prime because of well, reasons but anyway repaints hard to find no uh, repaints well he was a funko shop exclusive and anyway it's a whole yeah. other thing we also talked about the third party stuff so it's like even stuff that I don't think would ever get built sometimes gets built. Yeah. Like the, the comic books, uh, you've got GI Joe versus, uh, transformers, right? Right. You've got, um, Optimus prime turning into a Cobra stun. <laughs> it's a, it's a vehicle that, that has cannons and it splits in the front. Right. I love that vehicle. Um, the rolling thunder loved that vehicle. <laughs> I mean, and, and they have, in the comic books, you know, oh look, Optimus Prime turns into this, and you know, uh, it or different different characters turning into different stuff, and you you think, well, they're never going to make a toy of that, but you have third party co- uh, companies that are making that toy, mm-hmm. and it's like that is the coolest thing ever. Um, Hearts of Steel, you know, wow, I never thought I needed a bumblebee that turned into a train, but someone's making it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yep. So it's like that's re- that's a really cool idea. That's awesome. Someone's making it. So this next question comes from the pullback origins questions, where I usually ask, "What is one item in a comic book that you would love to have in real life?" Example would be Batman's Batarang or Green Lantern's ring or that kind of thing. Uh, so what is one toy you'd love to have scaled up and functional for real people? Oh, the Weather Dominator. <laughs> no, bad yes. Michael. No. <laughs> we don't need any rainy, cloudy skies over at Pecan Court. Thank you very much. I, you know, I would only do good things with it. Sure you would. You're a damn <laughs> I would, liar. I would position those rain clouds over the crops, you know, uh-huh. and I would make it sunny and pleasant wherever uh, people needed it to be sunny and pleasant. I don't know how this question came at this number, but and you've kind of already told us the story of the deal. But 37 in a row, how have your spouses, significant <laughs> others, mates, partners, etc., 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 dealt with your collection? You know, it, it, it's funny because I hear horror stories about people that are like, oh, you know. 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People come in and they see my room. And, and they freak out. It's like, uh, you bring home a girl, and you say, um, do you want to see my pleasure room? And they're like, yeah. And you bring them in, and there's 2,000 Transformers on a shelf. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like I said, my wife has been really supportive. 
She, I mean, and it sounds like, oh, she's horrible. She only lets you no. have one collection and she no, no, makes no. you fit one room. But, I mean, the no. fact is, she's really cool. She's brought me home toys. She, you know, we've gone on vacations where she buys me mm-hmm. toys. Um, yeah, no, it, it is Day, about birthdays, that, yeah. you know, the kids yeah. have, you know, go and buy out Target. There was... <laughs> I want to say a couple of, it was during the drought, right? During the, 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 the Baver stuff mm-hmm. when I wasn't collecting so much. Um, my wife would have Father's Day and, and there would be a stack of toys and my kids would be like, we bought every toy at Target for you. And my wife would yeah. say, do you have these already? And I'm like, no, I haven't been buying them because, you know, it's Michael Bay. But at the same time, <laughs> thank you. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, she's so supportive. She's easily the best. Awesome. Toy collecting can have its struggles. What is one aspect that you tend to struggle with the most? Um, unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst. That was really hard. Uh, again, COVID's hard on everybody. Right. Uh, and the, the economy's bouncing back. Jobs are coming back. I, I can't complain now, but... Um, that was hard. Mm. As far as like collecting, collecting, you know, during the best of times, I, I don't know. Um, again, I used to enjoy the hunt. I used to go find the toys and I've got one of each. I, I, I found the toys, right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I had to go into the back room at Target to get the ones I wanted, but I got them. <laughs> and nowadays, you know, I, sometimes I like to still look at the toys, can't find them anywhere. The, I don't know if it's the scalpers buying them up before I can get there. And again, I don't go there religiously like I used to, but it'd be nice to go to the store and see them on the shelves. Yeah, I think the only thing people are doing with that right now is basically Origins, He-Man, and Skeletor. At least those will always be on the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> they look good, though. I like mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is one positive and one negative memory you have with buying toys? Wow. Uh, positive memory. I want to say, like, the the story that you keep bringing up was the time I went to Target. And and there was, a uh, like, a three-month period where you just didn't see any toys on the shelf. And normally, like, just before Christmas, all the toys dry up, and they don't restock them until, like, February, right? Right, right. So it was about February or March or somewhere in there, and I go to Target, and they had moved the stock out onto the onto the aisle. They had a pallet full of toys, mm-hmm. and I, you know, just basically broke out my key and stripped off the the tape off off a couple of the boxes and started pulling them out. And I would grab them and just throw a couple on the shelf and put what I wanted in my cart. And I got like 20 figures that day. <laughs> and, you know, you exaggerate. You're like, oh, you went out in the back room and, you know, opened all the stock up. And no, it wasn't in the back room. It was out in the aisle. But, you know, somebody came in, in the aisle and said, hey, you can't do that. And I showed him my cart and I said, I'm going to buy all these. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, I'm sorry if I left a bunch of boxes open in the aisle, you know, on this pallet, but uh, I'm buying these. If you want me to put the rest of them on the shelf, I will, you know, but I'm, yeah. I'm taking these with. And the guy's like, no, don't bother. It's fine. And I'm like, okay, cool. But then, but I had already opened all the boxes. 
<laughs> and I got like all the figures. So I, I and it was probably aside from like botcon trips, it might have been the most figures I'd ever bought at the same time. Jeez. Yeah. And so that was, you know, that was a story that we still talk about today. Yeah, because it's it's the one thing I lord over you, the fact that you, <laughs> you know, went in the back room of Target and exactly. You know, I fought my way the... through Stock Boys and Exactly. I was in I had a like Raiders of the Lost Ark style, you know, go through the the warehouse until I found just the right palette of toys. Yep. The story just grows. Hey man, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. But that was a, that was my the best one. Uh, I don't know if I have a bad story about like buying toys. One time I bought a Computron, and uh, it was from a seller in Italy, and I sent them a hundred dollars, <laughs> and never got the toy. Oh jeez, yeah, that would be yeah. a negative purchase. And I, I could not track it down. I was really oh, pissed. Jeez, that's not good. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, well, that's good. If you could create any toy, what would you want to create? Basically, Hasbro gives you the Transformers license. They give you the keys to the kingdom, quite literally, and money is no object. What would you want to make with it? Oh, wow. I don't know. You know, I I feel like there's a lot of... um, How should I put it? There's a lot of repaints out there already. But it's like, wouldn't it be nice if we could still bring back some of those unused, you know, G2 repaints? You know, like we have um, we have current Dinobots, but we don't have them in green, you know, or we have um, lots of secret jets, but we don't have cyber jet repaints. It's like, why can't I get a repaint of Hooligan? (laughs) It's like, I kind of want one. And sometimes we do. We get like a, a repaint of G2 Ramjet or G2 Starscream. But the Cyberjets had fantastic colorings, and we don't get them. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or, you know what? Let's revisit the Cyberjets because those were fantastic figures. They were very poseable and they had uh, cool gimmicks. And, uh, you know, they were they were very interesting. Why can't we make... Uh, seeker repaints of those. There you and go. Probably could. They're, they're smaller scale. They'd be cheaper, easier to manufacture, and limitless repaint possibilities. There you go. What is the one piece of advice you would give the toy collecting fandom? Uh, wow, I don't know. Um, 
don't spend all your money on toys. <laughs> I, don't know. I I know a few guys, uh, you know, who have really good jobs and they, you know, have you know, money is no object. Just buy whatever you want, and I like that. Uh, I think at one point I was kind of like that, but you know, eventually, yeah. Do I regret buying so many toys? I wouldn't say regret, but I know now that maybe there was stuff I could have been spending my money on other than thousands of dollars in toys. Very true, very true. All right, let's see here. (laughs) Don't spend it all in one place. There we go. (laughs) There you go. There you go. What is advice you'd give to kids who enjoy toys? Uh, Enjoy them. You know, don't uh, don't let anybody tell you you can't. Exactly. I, I think that's. I, I think in in all of these episodes we've done so far, that's been almost everyone's answer at this yeah. point. Because I don't I know mean, if, if if you know who who are the people that are telling kids that they shouldn't play with toys. I don't. Aside from your parents, I just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny it was only my dad and it was a long time ago heck he probably doesn't even remember it i you know with my own kids i tried to give them opportunities to do as much as they want to experience as much as they want um you know we've done sports we've done musical instruments we've done you know lots and lots of toys uh you know computers you know they have the ability to do anything that they want. And, you know, if part of that is, you know, they want to play certain video games or they they like particular toys, like my son Aiden really likes Transformers. So I kind of spoiled him. Um, Gavin really likes Fortnite. So he's got a lot of Fortnite figures and stuff. Um, you know, and we... Uh, we don't discourage them from playing with anything. We don't discourage them from doing anything. I mean, right. you know, I got a guitar and a drum set here in, in, in the basement that they might not ever touch again, but we, we expose them to these things and let them play with them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Peek on Crow Michael's toy story. That was it. We're done. That, that's it. 42 questions. That's <laughs> That's it. We're done. You kidding me? We've been here for like four hours. <laughs> it's been only, uh, It's probably been two, and then we spent a goodly chunk of that just BSing. Yeah, which no one will hear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us here on Toycast. If you'd like to get in contact with us, leave feedback for the show. There are several ways to do so. Visit the website geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on this and all of our other content. Send an email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Just put the show and episode number in the subject line that you're replying to. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, the home where our files exist, Spreaker, as well as any other podcatching client you use. But I prefer you use one of these. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Toycast is back, folks, in case you hadn't realized. It's the beginning of August now, and we've had almost a... Almost two solid months of episodes. First time in over seven years. Nice. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. At Geekcast Radio is the network. At TF Toycast is for the show. My Twitter is TFGN Mike. What is your Twitter? Pecan CT Michael. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio Network. You can also search out TF Toycast over there as well. 
For now, I am TFG1 Mike with... Michael Wilson. Join us next time when we will be talking more toys here on ToyCast. Mm, Decepticon Intruder in my brain! Let's go! Decepticon Intruder removes my eyes! The giant awakes! Sweet. Nice. Done. I am very happy that we didn't try to record Phineas and Ferb and this because... <laughs> yeah, no, that would not have worked. That would not have worked. No, that would not have worked. We would have been crying about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>